My name is Ed Peters, and I welcome you on behalf of Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers to another broadcast of What's New. We continue on today in Acts chapter 4, moving on to verses 23 through 31. Peter and John, being released by the Sanhedrin, now returned to the believers, the church, and gave them their report. In these verses, Luke gives us the record of a great meeting of the early church, and here's what he writes. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John went back to their companions and told them what the council had said. Then all the believers united in this prayer. O Lord, creator of heaven and earth and of the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor, King David, your servant, saying, why do the heathen rage against the Lord, and the foolish nations plan their little plots against Almighty God? The kings of the earth unite to fight against him and against the anointed Son of God. That is what is happening here in this city today. For Herod the king and Pontius Pilate the governor and all the Romans, as well as the people of Israel, are united against Jesus, your anointed Son, your holy servant. They won't stop at anything that you, in your wise power, will let them do. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and grant to your servants great boldness in their preaching and send your healing power and may many miracles and wonders be done by the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the building where they were meeting shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and boldly preached God's message. Celebration, singing, glad Jesus be adored. Celebrating 
this is not only a prayer, it is a song of praise. This was a great prayer and praise service, and they were all in one accord. Notice that they did not pray for the persecution to stop. They prayed for the courage to endure it. They asked for power and for the boldness to speak. The place where they were meeting shook, an immediate sign that their prayers had been heard. The result was that they continued to preach the gospel despite the warning of the council. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. After a night in a Jerusalem prison, Peter and John were released with threats and a warning not to speak any more in the name of Jesus. Before Peter and John left, they said to the Sanhedrin, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. With those words they leave. Then Luke, the writer of the book of the Acts of the Apostles, continues the narrative this way. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. When Peter and John reported back, the whole group went together for prayer. This is a very instructive prayer. These believers were in trouble, yet they acknowledge that God is the sovereign creator. In their prayer, they say something about Jesus and also something about Christians, the followers of Jesus. Here's what this prayer says about Jesus. In this prayer, the disciples clearly identify the suffering servant and the royal son of the Hebrew Bible as being one and the same person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Jews have often considered the suffering servant and the reigning son as two messiahs. These disciples clearly note that those references concern one and the same person, not two, and that Jesus Christ fulfills that prediction. In their prayer, they quote from the second psalm. It's a psalm of David and speaks of the futility of nations to oppose the Lord. It predicts particularly the nations who mount a final attack against the Lord at the end of history when evil gathers its forces in one final attempt to dethrone God himself. 
But these disciples appeal to these words of David in their own situation. This simply illustrates the fact that the Bible is relevant in any age and to any situation. It was applicable to their times and their situation as it has been relevant to every age throughout history. That's a great way to look at the Bible. It is relevant in any time, including our own. It is relevant in any country, to any culture, including yours and mine. These disciples equate various persons and groups involved in the crucifixion with the groups and persons mentioned by David. David mentions the nations or Gentiles, the heathen. The disciples equate the Romans who were involved in crucifying Jesus with these Gentiles in Psalm 2. They raged against Jesus when they sentenced him and they carried out the sentence when they nailed him to the tree. The second group David calls the peoples. These are identified in this prayer with the people of Israel, their rulers who plotted against Jesus. The kings of Psalm 2, these disciples refer to as King Herod Antipas, the tetrarch of Galilee and Perea. The rulers of Psalm 2, these disciples see as Pontius Pilate, who handed Jesus over to Herod when he discovered that Jesus was a Galilean. And then in this prayer, the disciples note that all of these persons and groups were carrying out God's appointed task. Christ the Messiah was appointed by God to suffer. That was a part of his redemptive plan. Really, as in Psalm 2, human opposition to God is quite futile. God is sovereign. Now this prayer also has something to say about Christians, about the followers of Jesus. It involves a request, a prayer. One would expect them to pray that God would overcome the opposition or that God would arrange things so that they would not have to suffer so much. No, evidently they realized that their suffering was related to Jesus' suffering. As the godly throughout history have suffered, and as many Christians over the centuries since have suffered. So they don't pray for relief, but they pray for boldness to witness. It's remarkable. It's admirable. They accept the suffering for the sake of Jesus, but they don't want that to deter them from their primary task, to witness with boldness to the ends of the earth. God answered their unselfish prayer. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Do with all my heart and soul. 
is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.